Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Recipe for Success. We're here in the J.A. World Heisinger Center at the Lillian S. Wells Pavilion. We're here in the catering kitchen, um, and today's guest is fun and sassy and lively, and I, you're just going to adore her because I know when I met her, I absolutely fell in love with her energy and, and what she's accomplished and the journey that I heard all about. Cheryl Clark is the president and CEO of Boston Parper, which is based right here in Boca Raton. Um, it focused on chic and ageless fashion for women, kind of like me at my age. Uh, she is the driving force behind the company uh, and their growth and ensuring that the brand embraces its mission of inspiring women, a confidence in women through all of that and through dress. Um, she exemplifies the brand's a, a fearless feminine attitude, both in her career and in her life. Prior to Boston uh, proper, Cheryl's retail experience includes Old Navy, The Gap, and Bloomingdale's. When she's not in the office, she loves to give back to women and children in the community, and she is an avid traveler, fashion lover, fully embracing the motto, wear it like no one else, and she is the first Circle of Wise Women woman of wisdom and so she got our first wow award and so wow wow thank right. you for being amazing, here amazing. welcome welcome to J recipe you. for success so this show is really all about uh, featuring uh, CEOs entrepreneurs and talking a little bit about their journey but also the ingredients that led to their success and their company's success. And we probably won't get to all of them because there are millions, I'm sure, of, of ingredients, but we definitely want to touch on the most important ones. But before we do, I would love, I know that you have, a, there's a story of how you got to Boston proper. And even when you got to Boston proper, there's a little bit of a story. Yes, there is. <laughs> and so if you could kind of just give us just a couple of highlights along the way of how you got to where sure. you are right now. Well, my journey started in upstate New York. I was a part of a very small community. My, my dad was the first generation Italian Catholic, and he went to college and he was a lawyer. So he had huge expectations that his children would follow in his footsteps. So the day when I had to tell him that I wanted to become a buyer uh, will be forever <laughs> ingrained in my mind because it's part of one of the first steps was you have to fight and do what you love. Um, I'd seen how hard my dad worked, I'd seen how hard my mom worked inside the home, and I knew that I was going to have to do something that I was going to love, otherwise I, it wouldn't be worth it, right? So fighting for what you believe and being determined and fighting for it was a huge initial success for me because his answer was, that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, so Ooh. through a lot of persuasion and showing examples and doing my research he allowed me to go to a combined school where I got my bachelor's in business economics and then I went to FIT in New York City for fashion merchandising and the combined actually really was the foundation of, of my success because I got a business degree I got the business understanding but I also got to pursue my passion and when I left there I went to Bloomingdale's and my quick favorite Bloomingdale's story I'm sure you heard it from the last time <laughs> 
is, you know, I was this fashionista, right? Before Carrie Bradshaw, I was the girl, and it was living my dream, <laughs> right? Cosmopolitan. Yes, I was going to be a fashion executive, and my first day at Bloomingdale's in the executive training program, I got my little assignment, and it was folded up in a card because there was no cell phones and all of that, and I opened it up, and it said, the bakery. And, of course, that was the most devastating moment, as I thought at the time. Um, the bakery, I didn't even know they had a bakery. And certainly, how did someone mistake that I was going to go in the bakery <laughs> versus going, you know, work in the Chanel department? Uh, and cried my whole way home, which was a very long distance, because I lived way out in Bayside, Queens. And my dad, when I called him, I thought, oh, he's going to just say to me, I told you it's not going to work. You're not going to do this. And he was so supportive and said, listen, if you can buy things at the bakery, you can buy anything. You've got to start somewhere, Cheryl. And so that, again, was that, that opportunity for me to stay determined, stay focused. I loved this, so how was I going to be the best trainee in that bakery so I could continue on into the fashion areas that I right. dreamed about being? So from there, I was there for five years, and I got to be a buyer, and it was amazing. But I wanted something more, and I knew from a, an opportunity standpoint, I needed to grow. And so I took an opportunity with The Gap, Inc., at the time, and went to Gap Brand and was there for 16 years. And it was wow. incredible experiences of ups and downs and learnings and challenges. And you know, I think one of the other moments was um, at one point, I was three years in, and they wanted to make me the vice president of men's. And I thought, well, I'd love the vice president thing, right? Like, who doesn't? That my, my dad would be so proud. Um, but I was like, ew. The men's department. Like, I'm in the men's department. <laughs> I'm like, again, don't you people see who I am and what I contribute? And I remember going to, to Robert Fisher, the, the founder's son, his office at the time. He was the president. And he said, so all you want to be is a girl with good taste? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, I thought you wanted to be a CEO one day. I thought you wanted to run companies. I thought your business was as good as your gut and your instinct around clothing. And I said, well, it is, Bob. And he said, well, then why don't you show me that you can do it in men's? Mm, and I so thought, he challenged yeah, you. Yeah, totally challenged me and basically set me up for, to see something I didn't see at the moment, right? So that being open and receptive, another mm. recipe yeah. for success. Because sometimes you don't see the journey that people are kind of guiding you on. And if you're not open and receptive to kind of trying something different, you might miss out on a, an amazing opportunity. And that men's experience allowed me later on in my career when I was at Old Navy to become the SVP of adults because I had the men's experience behind me. So it was just a natural progression for me. I think sometimes, too, they see things in us that we don't yeah. see. So having someone, a mentor or someone who right, is watching we think we're going here. And I, I had the same thing. I had a woman boss who would do the same thing. She would throw me into these jobs and these challenges and these problems. And I'd be like, I don't know anything about this. Why is she putting me over here? But before I knew it, right, my skill set was growing. My ability to go into different positions was open. So I think yeah. this is, that's so critical. It is. I mean, this is perspective, too. Like, and, and as you're going through the journey, when you're looking back, you're thinking, why didn't I see that, right? right. But that's why right. you need people, and you have to be open. To, I mean, having mentors in your life and having people who are rooting for you and setting you up for success and believing you and people that you can go to and talk to, right? Another recipe for success. Yeah. You've got to have these people who help guide and mentor you. It's, it's so important in your career. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so uh, Gap. So I was at Gap, and I was there for a long time, and I knew that there was an opportunity for me to keep growing, but I was a little nervous. I mean, that's a big company. You know, to go from being an, ex an executive vice president to running one of their brands just seemed so 
big. And at the time, I got an opportunity to go to a company called Boston Proper. And when they called me about it, I said, I'm not moving to Boston, and I'm not proper. <laughs> and she said, don't worry, because it's in Boca Raton, Florida, and you don't have to be proper. And again, one of the things that happened to me there was I, I, I went off the grid, so be it. Like all of my friends and recruiters and people that, I, that kind of, you know, in the industry, they're like, you're going where? Mm. And I said, it's an opportunity to run internet, and I know that's the future. So we're talking back 12 years ago, right? It, we, they were just starting. I had no internet experience, and I had no catalog experience. And I thought, you know, what an amazing opportunity to grow and learn to be a president and a CEO, kind of in a safe environment. And maybe it is a little off the grid, but I loved I had so much passion for the customer. And the company just blew me away when I met everybody in the company. And I saw how focused they were, how much they loved this customer. The idea of kind of going back and really getting my hands dirty again and getting involved and learning something, learning the internet. I know it sounds crazy right. today, no. but that's how know, we grew. 12 years ago, right? Uh, learning grow. how to do that was so invigorating for me, and I was just so excited. So I, I said, I'm going to do it, right? Move my whole family down. And I remember in the beginning, people were like, you moved from San Francisco here? Like, why? And I'm like, why? Because South Florida is amazing. <laughs> like, I'm exactly. hoping to keep it a secret, it's so amazing. So I think also there are times in your career where you might have to pivot, right? And an opportunity to mm. learn something new and take a chance is pretty big. And, and to be brave enough. You know, I had the support of my family because they were all willing to try something new. And when I think back about that, that trajectory and that time period, my daughter was 12, and it was so important during those next few years that I was someplace close and I was able to be there. Because when I was, I think I was commuting an hour and a half every day, working 10-hour mm -hmm. days, I just wasn't available. And it allowed me, I think, in retrospect, and during her critical years, to actually be available and be a working mom. Yeah. It's so funny. They always say, oh, the most critical years for our children are those early formative years, which, of course, they are extremely important. But I have to say, having been through this as well uh, yeah. with, with young children, that I think those teen, those tween and teen years are, to me, the most critical because that's where they can go off course. I agree. And if we're not around, it can really get pretty ugly. So <laughs> I, I agree with you. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. Yes. Okay, so, but, but once you got to Boston Property, yeah. if I remember right, there's part of that story too, didn't it? There did, is. Did it get taken? Did it get <laughs> yeah, bought? Yes. So we, when I joined the company, it was family owned. Loved Michael Tiernan, who was the founder, and his family owned the company. And it was such an incredible opportunity for me. I had worked for two large public companies. So to be part of a small family-run organization, um, I think the idea of having all that experience, you know, sometimes you're in a job and you actually don't know how much you know until you're put into different situations. Right. So to now be part of this organization where they had amazing foundations and values, but they didn't have the disciplines that you get when you work for a corporation. A yeah. And so to be able to bring them in, but bring them in ways that were acceptable and gulp rates so they can do it. Right? I didn't come in with this big heavy hand of I know so much more than all of you. Look at all what I did. I said, okay, look at all these things you do well. And now what if we took this to the next level? Or how can we make a better decision? What tools or resources do we need to do? So kind of asking those questions and making sure you're... And engaging them. Yeah, Sounds engaging like you them. Engage yes. them in the change, yeah. right? And I, change you know, is hard. And I'm, I'm always very, I'm very humble and I'm self-aware. And so I think those attributes allow people to open up and accept you and take you kind of down down the path with them. So I, we were, I was loving, I was learning every day. The people were so incredible. 
And I remember I hadn't even sold my house in, in San Francisco because this was 2008, right? The downturn. My house was on the market for like a year and a half. And Michael and I just we just sold it. And Michael, I bought a house and I hadn't even finished unpacking. And Michael brought me in and he said, "I I think we should sell the company. You in the short time you've been here, you've you know grown the sales. The EBITDA is great. Like this is the perfect time. I'm going to go out and and I was like." What are you talking about? <laughs> and he goes, don't worry, you get to go with it. And I was like, oh, thank you. Like, okay. So I, I got to learn something, first of all, that I would never have learned anywhere else. To go through a sale. Yeah, to go through a sale. Put together a book and kind of figure that out. We ended up selling to Chico's, which was, again, a little bit scary for me because I was going back into a, a big company, a big public company. But, you know, during those four years, while they were very challenging, they were probably one of the most challenging time periods in my career, both as a leader and... Um, yeah, I think everything. I, we, were, we were the smallest division. When I was at Old Navy, we were the big division at the Gap, right? So we got to make all the decisions. Now I was a really small fish in a big pond trying to teach them about the internet and about catalog, but they knew so much about what they wanted to do. So it was a little bit of a challenging time period, and I made a bunch of mistakes. Single biggest mistake. So another recipe is never lose sight of your customer. I lost sight of our customer in wanting to please and be a leader that you know that was doing what they wanted me to do. When they bought us, we were this unique niche market where our customer was 40 plus and she liked to be sexy. And sometimes in public companies, right, that sexy word gets a little bit like they don't want you to say it, they don't want you to do it, they don't want to be part of it. And all of a sudden, we were taking away parts of who we were and the reason why our customer shopped for, with us. And so it was challenging because she stopped and she was just like, what happened to you? So never losing sight of your customer is a, a key recipe for success because when we went back, so we ended up over the course of time deciding it was best to let us go again, and so we went. Now, did it go back to the family? Did they no, buy it went back out? to a private equity company, private equity. so we're owned by Brentwood Associates. But, you know, when I sold the company, we were on the high. Business was amazing. The EBITDA was so strong. When I sold the company, we were on the lowest of lows. I mean, it was pretty challenging to even get people interested in us. Um, the good news was, was the people that did saw the white space. They saw the competitive advantage that we brought to this marketplace because there's not a lot of companies that no. do that. And, and honestly, the rise of this powerful woman, you know, us in our, in our 40s, 50s, 60s, we're stronger than we ever were. We can do things that we never thought were possible. Yeah. So to be a brand, why does that it take us so that? long? I know, I know. <laughs> I know. We're such slow learners. <laughs> I guess we women. needed the wisdom. We needed to gain the wisdom through exactly. experience. Yes. So now we're on our fourth year of being owned by private equity companies. And again, I learn every day, all the time. You're learning new things, right? So do they have their issues and challenges? Sure. But they force me to stay on the course. They force me to stay focused on what we want to do and what we want to do for our customer. And so, again, every day is a journey, right? Yeah. I love that. I, I love that part about the journey because it really is. And I you know, always laugh and say, uh, my fiance is always like, okay, but we've got to get there. We're gonna... I'm like, you know what? Not always about the destination. It's really about enjoying the journey. So and at I 50, think that's so important. I got my first tattoo at 50, Embrace the Journey. Because that is my life lesson. Yeah. I was so concerned, so much to get to the next level, get to the next level, get to the next level, that I wasn't taking the time and the moment to actually 
Just enjoy. embrace it, enjoy the learnings, understand what you're doing and how it's happening. And I, 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 the number one thing I tell my daughter all the time, embrace the journey. Just yes. take a minute, embrace the journey because it's gonna be gone before you know it. You know, it's so funny. I was reading something recently and they were talking about celebrating successes mm -hmm. and how for our, our type A personalities, right? Yes. We go, oh, that was great. Okay, now right. let's. Right. And so I, one of the things that I'm really working on is spending a little more time celebrating those successes because it, it's so important for the team. It's so important for the company. It's so important for the culture. Um, but it's hard when you when you're constantly driving, yes. right? And and we know. Listen, if you if you're not performing, that private equity company is not going to be happy. Exactly. Right. Exactly. My board of directors is not right. going to be happy. So we have to stay focused on continuing to grow and continuing to move. Yes but also just taking that breath and celebrating a little bit more. Absolutely, and I think, you know, we just, we came off of a year that was very challenging. You know, 2019, there's so much happening in the retail environment, right? You have to be agile and you have to be able to be, you have to pivot and be flexible because she's changing how she shops, when she shops, her expectations, right? Like, forget, I, it used to be two day, now it's like one day, right? Like, she wants it immediately. How do you, how do you keep up? And when you're having challenges, how do you keep the teams motivated? And I will say, I, I just, spend a lot of my time I'm always out about the vision look where we're going look at the wins 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 and you know somebody else can talk about the, 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 the bad stuff I mean I talk about it but I talk about it in an upward I'm always about how do you amplify that up how do you take it and learn from it if you can learn from all of your mistakes then that's amazing because look how smart you are yeah you know and so you have to celebrate you have to be I mean especially when you're running a company you've got you can take all that in and when you go home at night maybe close right. the bathroom door in your bathtub with a nice glass of champagne <laughs> have your tears and your cry but when you're out there the team's looking for you yeah. and you everything your body language voice your tone setting yeah the tone. it is yeah. so important and I think you know it's funny I, I talk with so many CEOs right Our, we were just talking about yes. Vistage um, and it's so interesting because the one topic that we all struggle with every single one of us male female sea level is employing right the people Right? We can all put process in place. We can do the product. We can work on that. The people part, I think, is, is just is so challenging because everyone is different. Everyone is engaged differently. Everyone has different things that make them happy. Uh, everyone has different aspirations. And so when you have large teams, right, how do you speak to that? How do you make sure that you are engaging your employees you know, at whatever level or, or desire they're at. You know, I think there's a couple things. I'm more of a visionary leader. I, I, it's, uh, I'm all about the vision and inspiring and bringing the troops along with me. And when you're that type of leader, what I've learned is you have to surround yourself with really smart people yeah. that know how to do their job, right? I, I think one of the biggest humbling moments in, in being a, a CEO or a president is that you're, you're not always the smartest person in the room. That's right. <laughs> so if you surround yourself with really smart people, you open yourself up to have debate and dialogue. You're open to ideas. You're open to change. You get the best conversations happening. And um, I think with my teams at, at work, what I, what I tell them all the time is, I'm real. I'm going to lay it out. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Let's have a conversation. At, there's points in times where I have to be a little bit um, more challenging, but I'm always doing it because I think when you when you have when they know that your intent is good, mm -hmm. but you're starting from a good place, you're starting from respect and integrity. I, 
then you can have those conversations in that dialogue and you're actually motivating them while you're challenging them. Yeah. And you get them to go. One of the things I say to my team all the time is I, I push you out here. I know you probably need to go here, but we're right here. So I'm gonna push you. It doesn't mean you have to go all the way out there, but you've gotta start moving this way. Yeah, it's so true. It really is true. And you know, engaging them and like you said, and, and having them involved and not being, I, it's so important for them to know that it's okay to disagree with us. Yes. It's okay to say no. My team, there are, there are people on my team that sometimes will look at me and go, that's a great idea, but we can't do it. We don't have the capacity. There are times when I'll say, I hear you, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Let's put this in the, you know, the plan for next year and let's look at it more and prepare better. But there are other times where I go, this opportunity is not coming again, and we have to find the capacity, right. and we need to push and get it done. Absolutely. Right? I say to them all the time, listen, it's like the 80-20 rule. If I'm telling you 80% of the time and you're just doing what I'm doing, we're not satisfying the customer. Right. Because we can satisfy the customer better with combined knowledge. Yeah, there's going to be one or two times where I'm like, no, no, no. Trust me on this one. We've got to go after it. And But that's got to be the small, the, the small times. Like, I think another kind of lesson for me was, Picking your milestones, like or picking, not making everything a, 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 a like I, I would say, just is this a railroad track item? Let me let me back up. It's more like, is it a, like, are you are you willing to go on the railroad track for that? Because if you are, then I'm gonna I'm I'm listening. I'm gonna go. Let's make it happen. But if you have too many of them, right? If everything becomes right. the most important thing, then people lose sight of it. So you've got to you've also got to think about in your journey as a leader, like what are the times where you're like, okay, I hear you all, but now I've got to make a decision right. and we've got to do it. Right. And you're looking at the bigger picture and sometimes they're only seeing pieces yes. of it, right? Yeah. And so you have to bring all that together. So, you know, I never talk about balance with women because I think it's, first of all, I don't think it's anything that exists. Right. And number two, I don't think we ever talk about balance with men. Right. So why do we keep having that conversation exactly. with women? But I do think as a woman, as a woman CEO, that there are certainly challenges along the way. I think that it has improved, mm -hmm. um, and so I'm always curious to hear other women's perspective on that. You know, I think as my daughter was growing up, it was about quality, not quantity, because I traveled all the time and I had a lot of demands, and so I really was focused on the fact that I was gonna. When we were together, we were we were doing, we were having fun, we were connecting. It was happening. We were making cookies. I go back and I'm like, I was there during all these times. I might have missed this or that, but boy, we had some incredible moments. So I think you know, again, don't get yourself hung up on that, right? You can't regret it because here's all the good things your work allowed them to do, right? Maybe you got to go to Disneyland. Maybe you got to do this, right? And and if you didn't, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to, to have those experiences. But I also think, in in the retro, like. Our, our daughters and our sons are now proud that their mom is doing what they're doing. And that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And I think we both are also learning to have adult children. And that's a whole new thing. Who are our thing. friends and we're their mentors. Yeah, I mean, when I, I left school, I left to go to college and I never went home, right? My daughter is, is back, she's back now. She's graduated and she's back. So developing that next level of a relationship, especially when you live close to each other, it's so incredible, it's so sure. enjoying. Yeah, I remember when my daughter said to me when I decided to go back to work after I'd gone through a divorce, and she said, Mom, moms don't work. Mm. And I said, they do. Yes. She said, you know, before you were born, I did have a working life. And I think her, them seeing that, 
seeing that a woman can a woman can go as far as they want. Yes. They can have all the dreams, the same dreams as men can have, and can do anything they want in this world. I think is so important for us to model. And yes, you're right. Sometimes we might miss something here or there, um, but I think it's so important. And then the best part is you become their friends yes. and their mentors, right? It's amazing. Um, and so I think that is so amazing as a woman and as a mom. And yes, there are still, I think, some uh, attitudes towards women CEOs sometimes, especially when we have to make difficult decisions mm -hmm. or we have to communicate something difficult, right? Not quite. They kind of don't think of us the same way <laughs> sometimes as men. But I think it's getting so much better, and that makes me feel so proud um, to be part of that. Absolutely. I mean, I just the passion that we bring and the mm -hmm. balance, because we do have to figure out how to do both things and do them well. And I mean, I just think we, no one knows how to multitask like a working mom, exactly. no one. <laughs> so if there were one ingredient um, that you could not do without in your recipe, um, what would that be? I, I, I think the one thing that would separate me out is my passion. Mm. I, I have just so much passion for what I do, for the people, for the companies that I've worked at. I mean, I'm just in it. I'm in it so much. and. It just it just makes me so happy, and I love I love teaching people, and I love learning from people, and I just you know the whole interaction when I see a customer and wearing something from Boston Proper, like I'm it just blows my mind. I get so excited because I'm like, oh my goodness! And I remember back in my days. <laughs> I love it. I will tell you, I wore a dress the other night from Boston Proper. I actually, was a, an outfit, a long outfit that has the short skirt underneath. It was black with white stripes, mm -hmm. and I wore it for Uncork the other night. Fabulous. So I love. I get all my fun, funky clothes from Boston Market. You know, I, I think it. I think I think the important thing for women in, in, on our journey is. You know, there, it used to be, you know, once you turn 40, right, or 50, these milestones became these, like, depressing milestones. And honestly, now, our whole focus here is to tell women, 40-plus is the best, baby. Like, you know, my, my hashtag is always, like, over 50 and fabulous, I know, I right? It. I mean, you, come on. Yeah. We are smarter than we've ever been. We've got more money than we've ever had. We have more experience, right? So more we can confident. make better decisions, more yeah. confidence. So to be able to take And the good part is, too... Why does it take us so long to realize <laughs> that we shouldn't care so much about what everybody else well, thinks? Well, that's probably one right? of the best learnings ever, yes. right? And sometimes when you hit that 50 mark, you go, yeah, it's okay if they don't like that's me. That's right. Not that's everybody's right. going to love me. Yeah. And, and, right? oh, and guess what? Okay. I just got that invitation, and I'm going to say no because I'm going to do this because that's exactly. what I want to do. Yeah. Exactly. I know. Well, it's we fabulous. are going to read some of the ingredients okay. in your recipe for success. I love them. Um, and I just love your passion, and I knew, had a feeling that might be your one main ingredient. So talking about it from early, early on, doing what you love, right? Being passionate about it. I love this one, and, and I think it's something we need to teach our young people, fighting for what you want, right? And these are the types of things that we talk with our JA students about as well, getting them ready for the workforce, yes, building absolutely. that confidence and going after what you want and not being afraid. Being open to opportunities because sometimes people see things we don't see. Absolutely. Um, mentors, fans, cheerleaders, people who will guide us, be honest with us, tell us what they think, um, and just be a sounding board sometimes too. Uh, pivot and taking chances, I think that's so true. Yes. You know, sometimes we're afraid to take some risks, um, but you know, if they're calculated and they're strategic, um, you gotta go for it sometimes. Engaging the team like you said, and making sure that they're on board with where you're going. Absolutely. We can be the visionaries, but if we're not communicating the vision, then they can't, right. they, they won't be engaged with us, right? Never lose sight of your customers. 
so important. For us, our customers are our children. Mm -hmm. Our customers are our teachers and our volunteers and the community and our donors. We have so many different groups and it's constantly looking at how do we make sure that they are having the best experience possible. Absolutely. So, so important. Embracing the journey. That is one that I love. <laughs> love that one for a long time. Uh, being agile and flexible. Keep your eye on the vision. Love it. Keep your eye on the ball, right? Um, surround yourself with great people, smart people, smarter than us sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, teaching and learning, continuing, I think, because otherwise we stop growing. And that's how we have to give back. Yep. Absolutely. And sometimes when we teach, we also learn. Absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, passion. Um, this is an amazing recipe for success. Um, and I knew it would be fun. I knew you would be full of energy. Um, and I'm so glad that you were our first WOW Award so winner. Uh, because you are definitely a woman of wisdom. And we loved having you here today. Thank and you. So I was we'll so stay looking up forward on the story. to it. And we're going to say we, we stay connected. So yes. we'll keep up on the story. Absolutely. Um, and But I want to thank everybody out there today for watching. Uh, if you were at Uncork Saturday night, thank you for coming out. It was an amazing party uh, and an amazing success for this organization. So thank you. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next week for Recipes for Success. Let's get cooking. <laughs>